You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome to Go Plug Yourself, talking to the most interesting people in Montreal since 2011. Hey, if you're enjoying Go Plug Yourself, why not do us a favor and help spread the word about the show? Tell your friends about us online or in person, and it would really help us out. Maybe even vote for us in Cult Montreal's Best of Montreal's Reader Poll. Walter and I love doing the show, and we would really appreciate whatever support you can give us. Enjoy the show, everybody, and go plug yourself. Go plug yourself, you plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself, it's Walter and Keith talking on the internet. Are you pressed for time? Uh, nope. Now you're recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Piece I like of shit. The opening quest, <laughs> opening question of the show is: Are you pressed for are you, time? Are, are you, you pressed, pressed for time? time? Yes, Walter, sorry, I'm, I'm, I got six minutes. Let's do this quickly. Oh man! <laughs> we're gonna, and then we're gonna slow it down by like a factor of ten, so it's just gonna be six minutes stretched to yeah. an hour of just. Do like, you want it to be more than a monosyllable or uh, yes, monosyllable? Walter, I'm I'm out of breath <laughs> because. The 150. Because you just ep- you spent a lot of time editing the 150th episode. Yeah, no, we Uh-oh. just we had so much fun recording the episode, and we edited the episode, and now uh, we're here yeah. at 151. We're in the semi semi question tenial, whatever the That's hell the I one. call it. Plus yep. one. Yeah. Yep. Plus yep. one. Yep. Plus, plus one. one. Plus and one. We're, I'm the plus one. I'm your plus, plus one. one. You're our plus, I'm one. plus one. We're so we're going into the, the dawn into of the second half era. of our 300 of our first 300 of episodes. Our run, <laughs> our run to 300. Yeah. With run to 300, where everybody dies from a spear in the chest. <laughs> okay. It's, this, is, this is how how much wrestling we watch. Is that I immediately yeah, thought of, I immediately thought Same. of a, a I thought spear, of a wrestling spear. Wrestling spear. Not, yeah. I'm sure you were talking Not about 300, a, yeah. an actual like 300 Spartan spear. Which so, which brings me to my old joke. What's black and white and red and can't turn around in an elevator? What a phalanx? A nun with a spear in her chest. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. That's it. Nice. It's all downhill from there. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. I, so for our 151st episode, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a way, in a way, I feel uh, the live episodes are kind of the season finale, and this is like a s- episode so one. So the season next- is like two years long. No, season is because we've done live episodes every year in February for the last three years. No, we have not. Yeah, we absolutely have. Our hundredth was live. Our one twenty fifth was live. We did. We did it one twenty five live. Yeah, with Vendito and uh, Carazza. Where do we do that? At uh, somewhere on Bishop Street. <laughs> Is that where we did the hundredth too? Yeah, we did a hundredth and a hundred twenty fifth. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Somebody's yeah, but that drinking. was by chance. <laughs> <laughs> but that was by chance because like it was uh, Vendito really wanted to do one for his birthday. Oh, okay. But, I, I also but we do- made it the one twenty fifth. Yeah. It worked out that way. Yeah. Good. I I don't mind doing them. I think once a year is fine. We do a live show once so a year. So, yes, and I suppose this is the season premiere. Yeah, the season premiere. Yeah. Well, go plug yourself. Uh, season four, I think. How could it possibly be Because we didn't four? do live episodes until episode 100. Episode 1 to 100 was That's season, season one. one. Yeah, season one was really long. So it's like it's a weird BBC logic here. Yep. Season 3.5. Yeah, it's like exactly. Battlestar Galactica. That's what the, do you yeah. mean season 3.5? 3. 3. Yeah. Just give me the whole damn season. Yeah, or Heroes, the worst yeah. show there ever. There you go. So for, <laughs> for all those reasons, we've... we've Brought a very prestigious guest here yep. today, <laughs> uh, and me, the and, and, and him, the uh, uh, Paul Gott, ladies yep. and gentlemen, frontman of the Rip Chords, legendary Montreal band, Rip Chords, uh, a, a mentor of mine, mentor, a mentor and professor. So uh, you're of mine. blaming me for this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> uh, a Montreal media maven. All yep. those things. I talk and a lot. A dad. A dad. A uh, producer. A producer. Uh, what kind of producer? Professor. professor. I uh, produce a show at uh, Matt TV. Uh, 
called uh, City Life. It's a news magazine, hour hour long news magazine. I didn't even know about that one. See, that's that's one of my so that's one Montreal of my two full time media jobs. maven. Yeah. So Paul got. I mean, Paul I mean, got, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! Uh, thank you. Thank and, you. And, and okay, so I have like so many questions. There's a lot okay. of there's a the lot answer, of good questions. The answer to most of them is probably twelve. Okay. okay there you there's go. a lot. There's a lot to unpack from Walter's uh, Walter's introduction over there. So I, when did when did the ribcord start? I guess is the. I mean, I looked it up and it seems like 1980. 1980. And, 1980. That, that, and the funny thing was, I thought I was too old to start a band when I started the band. <laughs> and that was 38 years ago. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I'm still too old to be in a band, but here we are. There he is. And so, what was the uh, like the, the 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 impetus, like the driving force, when you're like, I want to start like a punk band based in Montreal? I mean, because I I wrote, um, uh, oh my god, if I blank on their names, I feel story. real bad. Uh, genetic genetic uh, control, uh, genetic error, gen- genetic uh, control, Gen uh, Gen Con, Gen Con. Oh, why am I? Uh, gen Con's like 1984. Yeah. Genetic error is like a little more recent. Yeah, but they're they're Montreal guys, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I I. Interviewed them uh, going into seventy seven Montreal last year. Okay, and yeah. they yep, were right. they, though they were more hardcore than punk, but at yeah. the same time they were just talking about like the weird kind of like in the eighties, a little bit later, obviously after the ripcords, but that um, that like language and like oh, French culture politics. and like the politics kind of yeah. like being a part of it, but not a part of it. Like the scene was still kind of bilingual, but there was always like like the politics of Montreal and the like. Well, yeah, the, we were, I mean, we kind of re- realized that was going on because the scene started out really English. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sort of, uh, and then there's uh, a lot of Francophone bands, but they were singing English. And, that, and then there were like these bands from France that came across, Barry Noir and Ludwig von, uh, von 88, or Marquette mm-hmm. Van Wieta, I guess. Right. Um, so there's like this big, strong, Push to be a francophone, proud and francophone, right. and it really split the scene for a while. So for five or ten years, we wouldn't play with anglophone bands. We'd only play with francophone bands. Really? Because oh, cool. we were just like, no, we don't, we don't believe in this shit. We, <laughs> like, you know, you're not going to split our scene. We're it's going to be a unified scene. So we only played with francophone bands in cool. Montreal. So and was that like was that well received? Did you ever like catch? Yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah, that was fine. You know, most of the people and and you know what, uh, I'm usually the token anglophone in the band. Um, <laughs> you know, so like right now, it's uh, Francois and Alex, uh, my bass player and drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not respectively, but Francois is a drummer and Alex is a bass player. Okay. But, you know, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm usually the only Anglo in the band, and we play across Quebec. And uh, uh, we played the night before the '95 referendum. I must have we been played. Fun. Uh, yeah, I think I think we played Drummondville, and and nice. Um, <laughs> and you know, you got off the island of Montreal, and there was like. There was no evidence that there was a no campaign. It was like <laughs> everything was we. Like there was no signs up anywhere. There's no chance that no was going to win the referendum. And our drummer, who's you know de souche Québécois, François, who's uh, from Varennes, mm-hmm. um, he made a speech in the middle of the show about how Quebec should stay part of Canada and you know a very strong Canadian pro. <laughs> the crowd was just like standing there looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. And then they, you know, then we played a song and everybody was, you know, thrashing again. So it was yeah. fine. You're from we Montreal? survived. You're from Montreal originally, Paul? Actually from England originally, but f- since I, I think I came here when, with my family when I was five. So okay. for all intents and purposes, Montreal. Okay. We got an album called Made in Montreal. There it is. So and what part of town did you grow up in? Sorry? What part of town did you grow up in? What part of town did you oh. grow up in? Uh, well, grew up in Montreal West, which is kind yeah. of a great small town environment but when i was 17 i moved out so that was 1979 right um and uh 
you know, much as I love my parents, it was just like, oh, my God, I just have to get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a punk, Mom. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> yeah. I, I still remember trying to explain. This was back in the days before, you know, the punk was on the radio. Mm. I didn't have any punk friends because nobody knew what punk was. Um, and uh, so I moved out. And then I, I'd go back. And my mom would try and figure out, you know, this couple of years later, my mom would try and figure out what I said. I'm in a punk band. She was is that like this? And then she would like, she'd like, there'd be, uh, uh, say, a music video show on TV and it'd be like, show in excess. She'd go, is that what you're doing? And I'm like, uh, no. No, <laughs> no not quite. Not, not exactly. At one point in time, we were sitting at the dinner table and my mom just, she just looked up and went, there aren't those bands that spit anymore, are there? And, went, <laughs> and my sister went, that's his band. <laughs> <laughs> He's so, in one of the spitting bands. Yeah. <laughs> Should have started with the spit. Would have uh, would have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> a, a band we know, a band uh, was was very fond of spitting on each other. Yep. The <laughs> more, mod- more modern punk. Do you, do you know the the Bicasa or do you know of oh. Bicasa? I know of them. Bill Cosby, yeah. Anarchist. Yeah. Well, yeah. not anymore. Formally. Well, formally, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But, yeah <laughs> They've they, had they, a cease yeah. and desist. Uh, yeah. So the so the the, the, the front guy on that on them is, is my brother-in-law. Oh, okay. It's kind of weird how that worked out. <laughs> but they spit each other. They spit on it. <laughs> yeah. It was like there were shows the like they would do like a like a half hour, forty five minute set, and it was like yeah. spitting back uh, and forth. Spitting on to each be other, fair, like, mostly at each other. Like, yeah, yeah. It, was, like, it was always at each other. Yeah, exactly. They, it was always at each other. See, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I feel they might have spat at Johnny B in the front. Like that's possible. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing that happens to us is that we get a lot of beer thrown on us, which yeah. is you know, which is kind of fun, but I'd rather be drinking it. Yeah. And you know, and when you're on tour, that means just the beers going to like dry and you're going to smell like poop after about you know yeah and i can hours, only imagine too like your like, your your access to not good. your access to laundry is probably limited yeah that's that's one of our uh, <laughs> that's one of our tour tips is like if you're if you're out in the road whenever there's laundry just a do laundry it. like somebody <laughs> you're staying at somebody's place and they actually have like a washer dryer <laughs> it's like use it mm-hmm. don't care what time it is yeah as someone who's witnessed it like firsthand, since you started performing, since the band first got together, like right. 1980, you said, how has the the venue, like the live venue scene, changed in Montreal since when you first started performing? Well, there were none when we started, so that was <laughs> well, <laughs> like, kind of hours mean down. None, like um, well, none. There was there was Le Step, which was a place that you know, if you brought three friends, it was full. Uh, <laughs> that was on Park Avenue, um, opposite the old Club Soda, but like. Ne- I think it's like a bakery now or something. It's mm. like that small. Um, it's on the second floor. And then if you played there often enough to the three people who turn up and the bartender, if they like you, yeah. um, you got to play Station 10, which could hold like 100 people maybe um, if they were kind of wet and squished together. And was, was very like, good but like, But did the scene support like a hundred people, like always showing up, or did you ever play like completely dead? Oh shows? yeah, you play. You, I mean, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. Like you, I mean, I think that's what happens when you start out. You're like you're playing to your friends all the time. It's like you know, with any band, and yeah. I think that was my thing. The first first time I realized that we actually could be a band and might be some sort of success is when I looked out into the crowd. Probably after like four or five years, I looked out in the crowd. I didn't recognize a single person, and I went. We're a band. Oh man, these are fans. <laughs> I mean, our friends don't like us anymore. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, I mean, you, you, you know, clubs come and go, and 
but everybody always talks about the wonder years of the scene and there were these amazing things and it's just kind of like I don't know when it started now there was maybe a punk show a month or two punk shows a month and uh, you know one touring one uh, one or two local ones if you're lucky mm-hmm. um, and now there's like venues all over the city and there's like uh, um, and we always play these completely illegal venues in Saint Henri that I can't really say <laughs> much more about because they're right. completely illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hold like uh, up to two hundred people, and yeah. you know, and they all buy all our beer in a local depanner, and uh, you know, <laughs> everybody's smoking whatever they want to smoke. Yeah. This, is, this is now. Yeah, yeah. Like well, there's never been places like that. But yeah, before. this is also sort of happening um, in the comedy scene as well. Like that, there's these, there's more and more like these like alternative venues yeah. that are that are starting up like along Saint Laurent and stuff. Like, and they're it's like semi semi publicized. And I think it's and happening in all the scenes, honestly. Yeah, it's like weird, a bunch yeah. of a couple of my friends are like electronic music producers, and it's like they're not full, throwing full raves anymore. It's just people with yeah. like loft apartments. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, like it's it's not like the idea of like because I I used to be like a raver in the late 90s and early 2000s and like raves were like several hundred people and like black lights and people in costumes and like multiple DJs and stuff it's not that but like I said it's a lot more like a loft space my, my, my hundred people yeah, well, I'm talking about house parties more yeah more yeah no but exactly but that's but, it. but, but they're like semi-publicized yeah. almost, well, like loft house people I think live there see, sometimes uh, first <laughs> off I'd like to you know say I'm sorry that you were a raver but I'm <laughs> glad you got over it uh, but uh you know, I think there's always been punk houses, like where, like across the country. Like when we were on tour, we'd always play the clubs, and we get like paid, you know, pretty good money for playing like the big, big clubs yeah. in a big town. And then we could play punk houses in like Vernon and and uh, um, you know Thunder Bay and all these places, and yeah. and, and you're basically playing somebody's basement. But they they got to the developed to the point where it's like. Okay, you're playing a punk house, but it's got like it's got a proper bar and it's yeah. stocked, and there, you know, there's <laughs> like they have a sound system and a stage, and, yeah. And that's kind of what it is in Montreal right now. There's four or five places like that, yeah. Where there's like it's no, no longer just hey, come to my loft. It's like this loft is a club in every sense of the word, well, except for the fact that cops don't know it exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, the the, the original Turbo House. Yeah, well, that was that was, yeah, about that was a whole thing. That was in a practice space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. But that was a practice space that kind of became a venue that then they got they they would even it have liquor licenses, venue, but for yeah. like for the weekend, you know, like they yeah. would they would get these like two three days liquor see, licenses. Once, once you get that liquor license, you're no longer uh, you know like you no longer qualify for that undergrad. Thing, yeah, but, exactly. You're, you're, but no, I mean Turbo House is great, and I'm glad they're there. But yeah, well, exa- well now now they're now they're a real well right now they're not a thing. They're going to be in a, their third venue coming yeah. out. Wait, wait, what happened? They're expanding. Sergio, they're they're closed down. I think they're planning on a new venue in May. It's too they're bad because I like their their old venue in Santorita. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. The one above Loic, yeah. But they're uh, wait, how, why are they moving? I don't know, man. Sergio, what did that happen? Like a couple weeks ago. Really? But like apparently it's like it's 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 an expanding. It's not uh-huh. a like it's not a like disastrous situation. Yeah, no, because it seemed like it was doing yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. So uh-huh. apparently they're still. That the old Turbo House space is still going to be uh, like a rentable space. Oh, okay. But their Turbo House is doing something else. Oh, anyway. so it's, it's like they're turning into McDonald's. They're like, uh, yeah, they're going to be Turbo like Houses. The, okay, there's Turbo, turbo House there, everywhere. Turbo House here, but our Turbo they're House. They're going to have Turbo House franchises. You know, yeah, they're going to be popping up all over the place. Uh, <laughs> all that to say, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I always, uh, I also wasn't so much a punk kid. I was, a, in addition to being a raver, you're going to like judge me even harder <laughs> now. I was also really into ska. And at least there was like, look at it, it's disdain staring right in my face. I actually, I was just thinking it's the that look I usually give you, but you're, you're used to it from me. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've been I've been going through this thing because like you know we're old school, like got no choice. You started in 1980, but yeah. Um, 
but I, I really hate the division. Like I was just saying about French and English yeah. division, and and like we've been trying more and more to sort of you know hang out with like younger bands and like new school and. I'm not sure I'm quite ready to go hardcore, the <laughs> new hardcore yet, but yeah, well, at, yeah, least, yeah. at least have some respect for the bands, yeah. even if you don't like the music specifically. It's just yeah. like, come on, they're doing something different. Yeah. And, you know, I just put up like a, a Rise Against video on our website to say, hey, look, you know, it's, we're not always old school. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and I think it's, it's one of those things you, you gotta, you gotta sort of have more unity, at least in, in the fact that you're not the mainstream. If you're not the mainstream, yeah. It's cool, and whether it's ska, and I've got a lot of friends who are ska. We're on a ska label. Yeah, well, Montreal, Mon- Montreal had a, yeah. like in the late mid to late nineties, the Montreal ska scene was like all over the place, and you'd usually end up going to a show that would have like two or three ska bands, and then like maybe a punk band also in the lineup yeah. because oh, there we were so many more ska shows happening than punk shows. Yeah, like, we always. I mean, we played a couple of shows with Planet Smashers. Yeah. They were great, and uh, you know they actually named their all Canadian compilation yeah. after our song, the All Canadian, and then mm-hmm. we ended up doing a ska song on their comp, and you know so it's like, and they're friends of ours. You know, yeah. they're nice people, and it's so you know it's just. It's funny how many divisions people want to make. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? There, uh, there's, to me, there's like three types of bands. There's the pop bands who I don't really admire. Uh, there's punk bands who I like. And then there's the other bands who at least I admire even if I don't like their music. Like at least they're doing, yeah. at least they're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> like at least they're, at least they're like not trying to just, you know, get on what's the, the voice or, or idol? <laughs> what's launch. that new Canadian? The launch. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could launch that the thing somewhere. The panel of judges on that one. Yeah. The, just the panel, the, the variety of judges on that yeah. show alone, it makes it amazing. I it's think. like they all dropped out of Celebrity Big Brother and then yeah. I immediately <laughs> ended up on the launch. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, I always, like, I've always uh, had such a weird, like, fascination with the, like, the prefab music. Like, even even, like, just... Starting starting out with the one that like I read about the most initially was um like the prefab stuff that came out in Nashville, where oh, yeah. they had like like music machines where they were like it's like some guy with like a with a half decent country voice would like come to Nashville and they'd be like here's your first song and yeah. it was like boom and like slapped on him and you're like what is this and you're like but that mentality to just like and I mean the evolution of all that all the way to boy bands and the launch well, and whatever you're like see. I, I like I like the fact that they actually have those shows because at least it's sort of like you know especially when you're in a punk band you're you're like or in the punk scene you're like going okay we hate this music we hate mainstream music it's prefab it's like and it's almost like you're spewing I don't know just sayings and like, stuff. like you're, hit, you're hitting the like checklist it, of punk yeah like. you're and you're and maybe it's not right but then the then you end up with these shows like the launch and you've got like oh you, you've got coaches and they've yeah. got songwriters and you have to do it this way and it's like yeah you're just proving exactly what punk said all along thank right. you very much so how did how did so to, to, to combine those two thoughts uh, <laughs> I'm not how, sure which thoughts we're talking about but let's go yeah you'll, you'll see um, <laughs> oh I'm, I'm, I was I'm like a, how how from the like the real punk scene did you view the like the pop punk well see, thing that happened see there uh, see there's a thing like I really like Green Day and The Offspring. Um, Blink 182 or yeah, I don't less. quite go Blink. Yeah, you, you pushed it one, one two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna but say well, Green Day and Offspring seem to start kind yeah. of legit, then headed there. Blink 182 came out and they were pop punk straight away, and you're like, what is? I mean, I, I thought they were funny, but you know, to me, it's it's a different thing. If I had to listen to pop quote pop unquote yeah. uh, music, 
that's the music I would want to listen yeah. to. I'm wa- it's way close m- enough. Yeah, way more <laughs> rather listen to Blink-182 than Taylor or whatever her name is. Right. Uh, I just uh, learned today. Not Taylor Danes. Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Taylor Swift. Hitch. Though I do like Taylor Swift, though I do like watching her videos with the sound off. Just hey saying. Now. Hey, now. I'm not you were, you just, What did you learn today, Walter? That it's Funk Soul Brother and not Funk Show Brother. What? Yep. <laughs> that means, like, okay, it's from the Rockefeller Skank? Fat Boy Slim? Yeah. Yep. And that, that's also not, it's a sample from a much older song. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I'm saying, but yeah, it's always been Funk Soul Brother, man. I thought you, it was Funk Show. Huh. You remember this? You remember this? I this have track? no this idea what you're talking about. I'm yes. just stand, <laughs> sitting here kind of looking. Late 90s tune? I remember the name. Fat Boy Slim, was it was, it. Uh, it was like, as far big, as I go. Big beats, big beats out of Brighton. Yeah. That was, uh, I spent 20 years not really knowing what was going on in the music scene <laughs> and being very happy about that. That sounds like, like, a nice, uh, that's like a nice time. Yeah, it's like 1980s. So I was like involved in uh, college radio. I sure. managed uh, CRSG at Concordia for mm-hmm. uh, three or four years and was involved in the radio station, did all this underground stuff. So I never actually, I never realized that New Wave had actually made it big. I kind of, <laughs> I was like, I discovered that in the 90s. I was like, really? I that's when I started watching all the movies from the 80s on VHS. And I was like, holy crap, New Wave made it big. Who would have figured? That, the odds were like massively against something like that happening, but the Thompson twins, really, seriously. What did it happen? Um, so yeah, so I, I just kind of like lost track and was very happy to have lost track. And I feel, okay, like, how do you, and I ask this of almost, I think, every musician that we've had on the show, uh, like, do you find nowadays, it's a, nowadays, nowadays, nowadays. it's a lot easier to kind of like, if you, if you are so inclined, I find it's easier to lose track of like popular music. Like, because, because there's so so much, so many venues, so many venues, there's so many ways to get so much more music. Like, I, unless I'm in a car, I will never listen to the radio. Yeah. Like, essentially. Like, basically, that's the only time that I will ever listen to music that is, like, being programmed for me. Otherwise, I'll just be listening to, like, I, pro- like a streaming service, but still, like, records or albums that I want to listen to that I feel like that I'm in the mood for. No one, you know what I mean? It's like Yeah, well, you're, you're talking to somebody who never actually bought a CD player, so I only have vinyl. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I kind of lost You never bought track. one CD player? No. Awesome. <laughs> we, oh, ha- awesome. we have we have 14 CDs, and I mean 14 different CDs for the ripcords. But yeah, we don't have a CD player, uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, Probably. So, and yeah, again, and again, you demonstrated that the trend was wrong. You yeah. you you outlived the trend. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And we like got back to vinyl, and then we went okay, cool. Now we're we released another vinyl album. Right. We released our first two on vinyl and our last one on vinyl. That's great. So 13, I think, in between, uh, just on CD. So yeah, so like the and the initial like vinyl releases were like pre like pre yeah, pre, like, pre vinyl nostalgia. That was just yeah, still on the nineteen eighty seven yeah. uh, nineteen ninety. So, well, and, and and amidst all of the the whole music deal and all that, like when do you dip your toe initially into the the journalism stuff, like uh, on an academic level? Well, I kind of uh, oh uh, well, I kind of went into university thinking that I wanted to be a writer. Uh-huh. I guess, and you know. Not quite Shakespeare, but in fact, kind of anti-Shakespeare. Maybe that's what I was aiming for. But then I thought, well, I don't want to really go into creative writing. If I'm going to waste all my money on university, I might as well waste it on something where I might get a job. Right? Just, yeah. And that's uh, how I ended up in journalism. And then I, that's I what I a very t- similar thought process. <laughs> yeah, like, there I, you go. I really understand that thought, but like <laughs> wanting to write, but like not wanting to. Like, like, yeah, wait yeah. a second. And then yeah. I, then I got into like the the, the uh, university activities and joined the students' association and a radio station, and 
and sort of, you know, really blew out, blew off my academic uh, sort of studies for about 13 years. Um, and I was, uh, but you loved, but you loved this, the campus life so much. Yeah, that well, you that's it. I was like, yeah. I just, I, I just went, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I got my own view of university. It's a place where you can meet a lot of smart people that has tons of resources that you can use for free. Right. And so, like, you know, that's. So Why I started, would I ever want to graduate? And then when I got into the student association, when you're a journalism student, well, that's it. You can edit the uh, university handbook, and uh, you can do our newsletter. And I go, yeah, well, who's going to design it? Well, you are. So <laughs> I all of a sudden decided, you know, got a you know talent for design because I had no choice because I had right. to design all this crap. Did, you, did that did that transfer over? Did you have, like do you do all the ripcords like album yep. work and all that stuff too? All our all my tattoos, all the uh, all the posters, all the yeah, album you're like art, strangely uh, covered up right now. Like, I know I got they, my oh yeah, and I'm really hot. Ooh, oh, hot. Hey. Um, so like yeah, you're too many layers. You got so a big like, trench coat, you got a hoodie. Or th- yeah, it's it's kind of it's the look. They, the <laughs> Matrix stole it. Uh, bald guy in a long black trench coat, but like yeah. all the uh, all the records, uh, graphics and everything, yeah. I do myself. All cool. our all our so CDs, for the listener, posters. Paul, Paul is, is stripping. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but see, Boom. and I got like now they look like sleeves, but they used to be individual tattoos. They just kind of <laughs> glued together. Just kept filling in. And they're all filling in the blanks. They're all really getting new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because like I, this is like more than what I remember. Even like, yeah, I kind of uh, it's been when you find when you there's, find there's less separation than that, I remember. When you find open space on your arm, you fill it in. Like, well, yeah, see now, <laughs> and I kind of ran out, so uh, now I start on my legs too. But, <laughs> so, but it's all it's all ripcord tattoos. Because cool. I figured if I was going to uh, you know have something unique uh, on my arm, I'd want it to be something I did. And now other people have ripcords tattoos. Cool. It's like, hey, it's it, my what, what are some of the originals? The, like, there's the, the well, Mickey one. I remember there's the, the Mickey head. Mickey's, yeah, that, that's Mickey's the our Mickey first hat. one. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I got my girl in the pit. Mm-hmm. And Betty and Veronica, what they're doing on oh, page. Oh, yeah, so yeah, there yeah, you so go. The bondage yeah. Betty yep. and Veronica. I think yeah. that's, that's yeah, that's the one that distracted me a few times during <laughs> class. And I was yeah, like, I'm surprised they haven't thrown me out of class yet. I was going to say, now Archie Comics are like back in back in the mainstream again. Yeah, there you go. the Netflix show. Well, it comes around. See, and it's after after I had my kid, like all of a sudden I started getting, oh, look, it's Marvin the Martian. And I got, where's, oh. Daphne and Scooby Doo. There you go. So nice. you know, <laughs> just keep on uh, you know so ripping some, off all the. Some uh, are more kid friendly than others, and <laughs> yeah, some are a lot less kid friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, was, and you know when I went back to university to teach again, I was like, crap, with all this you know politically correct stuff on campus, I was like thinking they're gonna see my tattoos and that's it. They're gonna yeah, but you don't me think, out. And, like, I was gonna say, but you don't think you don't think that that went kind of the other way, where now they're like, we're at a point where it's not holding like. Working against you, like yeah. If any, if anything, I think it would be more acceptive now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I never know what what people <laughs> are going to react. It's All I know is that as a journalist, it's great to look the way I look. You know, bald skinhead, bracelets, <laughs> tattoos. Because you, if you have to like go out and do an interview. Whoever you're about to interview thinks you're a complete fucking moron until at least you get two questions out. And then you're like, okay, maybe he actually does. Yeah, crap. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't be answering these so flippantly. And you've worked in some pretty big newsrooms. Like, you you used to work with, just from my memory, you used to work with Global. Uh, Yeah, I was uh, was at CBC for, I was producing the 6 o'clock news at CBC for seven or eight years. And before that, I was at Global and I did produce there for 11 years. Right. CTV before that. uh, like I say, that just pretty much shows that I can't keep a job. But well, uh, I mean, you know, the, the, the industry shifts. Yeah. Uh, 
Sometimes the in- industry shits. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and you've never acquiesced to wearing a shirt and tie anyway. No, that's right? that's that's been my one uh, my one negotiation. Yeah. Is that whatever I look like is the way you take me. They, you know, other people going, oh, it's a contract negotiation. Oh, I want an extra week of vacation, and uh, can I have <laughs> this benefit? And I'm just like, no dress code. No dress right, code. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, like, just read, like, listening to you and just reading, having read up on your history, uh, the fact that you were, like, a news producer, did that did that influence sort of, like, there's, there's always, like, a, there's always a bit of a socially conscious element to punk rock, typically, right? Yeah. Like, there's usually, you're screaming about something. <laughs> uh, did that, like, did did that influence one way or the other? Were you just sort of like, oh, I want to be more informed. I want to get good news or vice versa. Well, I want to be. I think they uh, they just kind of happened in parallel. But right. at the same time, I have a lot of anti-media songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, well, you know, like there, is, there are big, big issues with the media, but then you're also kind of part of it. So you're like, oh, I could, is my media going to well, be a little the better? Funny, than the funny thing is that there's, uh, you know, the demonstrations they have, uh, they had the P6 bylaw, which is the anti-mask. And you have sure, to like, yeah. uh, you know, right. give you the and basically people are getting kettled at demonstrations and fined. And, like, there's this one one woman, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Bobette, who kind of basically runs all the anti-cop uh, demonstrations in the city. And, and when the bylaw came through, like, famous people like Jaggy Singh had, uh, you know, he had, like, three or four. And when they finally canceled the bylaw, it was like, oh, yeah, God. Jennifer had 16 because she always gets arrested. Um, <laughs> and... So she's actually one of my best friends. Right. Um, and we actually practiced in her living room. Oh. Um, so it's kind of funny that when I was at the CBC, she'd always be holding these demonstrations, like throwing things at the media. And I go, come on, Jennifer, just talk to us. You know, like, honest, <laughs> I'm producing the news. You'll get a good. And so, uh, <laughs> and she's like, no, I was still going to throw things. <laughs> um, so just, just warn your uh, camera person not to get close. Um, so it's, it's kind of one of those funny things of, I have a lot of friends who are actually very anti-media, right? And they were kind of actually all. There were a lot of. There was a lot of applause when I finally uh, left the CBC. <laughs> uh, so, um, but you know, it's. But at least to me, I guess punk rock is real life, and journalism isn't, because journalism is talking about what right. you can, but you can't access everything. Like, I'm even doing a graduate degree now, and one of the my whole thing is about. How anarchists are represented in the media and why right. they don't like the media, um, and how pretty much anarchists started the whole fake news movement that got taken over by the alt right. But, okay. Um, but it's just it's funny talking to everybody, and it's just like, just looking at it from both sides. It's like I'm totally with all the people throwing things at the co- at the cops and at the media. Yeah. On the other hand, there's. Uh, you're you're in the media and you're trying to cover something. You're trying to give the other side, both sides, a voice. Yeah. But one side really wants to slit your throat, so you can't really talk to them that well. So <laughs> what what's your solution? Yeah. And there is no solution. So I I kind of got a unique perspective on it that I got to see it from both sides. Have you ever have you ever done any 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 work in like alt media or like? Well, I I work with Ricochet dot media. Okay. Um. So. I'm nominally on their editorial board, though I never do anything for it because I just never have time. But, <laughs> right. uh, but I have done some work for them, and I know the people there, so uh, and they're great people. And other than that, I just talk to a lot of people. Just, uh, just talk a lot. You know, and what I do also is I do, I do media seminars for community groups, mm-hmm. so I teach them how to approach the media and how to get their stuff on the media. So I figure you know, at least getting people access is a good thing. Cool. 
Well, yeah, because don't you think, I mean, just especially because I'm kind of viewing that you obviously worked within the media and also, you know, performed. At, <laughs> throw things at the media. Throw, throw things at the media, <laughs> whatever. But, like, don't you think that, like, I mean, ideally speaking, you just, like, we need a better media, right? Like, that's. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, if only it was that I, simple. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, like, it's easy yeah. to say, like, just make, just get yeah. it better, you know? Just inform yeah. people accurately and, and be better at it. Yeah, you know, to me, too, it's like, I, I know a lot of alt media that just isn't alt media. It is not, to me, it's not media. Yeah. It's, it's opinion. And it's like, okay, if you want to go in a certain direction, yeah, you can't just great. editorialize all but the time. But even, even as I, as I talk to my students, I'm like, and a lot of them are like, well, what, Look, we're doing an issue. Maybe it's uh, trans uh, transgender bathrooms in you know, in public right. buildings or something, something like that. And it's like, well, let's just. Why should I talk to anybody who's not doing it? Yeah. Because who cares? They're wrong. And it's like, well, yeah, but then you're giving me an opinion, and you know, I happen to agree with your opinion. <laughs> exactly. But if I was in Fox News and I was that type. I would have probably agree with their opinion, you know, if I was yeah, exactly. that, that guy, which I'm not, thank God. But, you know, people <laughs> who listen to the Fox, Fox News are of that one opinion. Yeah. And you want somewhere, there's got to be a venue where you can try and actually talk to people on both sides of an issue. Without, yeah, without, so if you're without talking condemning to, them either. Yeah, like. with, and with the transgender thing, it's like, okay, yeah, but there are people who don't think there should be, they do, we shouldn't spend that amount of money or we can't afford it or whatever. Yeah. So you need them to listen to you and think that they're actually represented so you can actually convince them to come to your side because yeah. otherwise you're just talking to your friends yeah and if you're just talking to your friends you might as well just go to a bar and talk to your friends like why <laughs> why call yourself media at all is that not what most like mainstream media has been reduced to at this point though is like it, i mean it's so divided at this point well like, yeah exactly but most well, i think i think in the states it, it has become that yeah, way for like, sure a like canada does chambers, a better yeah. job yeah but that's, I think that's what you want to try and reach is you want to be able to, I think even if you're, if you are opinionated, you still want to be able to talk to people who don't agree with your opinion. Yeah, just like lately, yeah. The whole, the whole fake news narrative though, I can't imagine, like it, it makes me so angry and, and I, I almost wish that I was like, I've never had the urge to go back to school, really. I, I mean, I was happy to, to be done and it was a good time, but like, if anything, I, I, I sometimes think I'd like to be back in school now. Just to be like to to, to sort of, like see what the academic sort of approach or just na- like discussion would be around the whole sort of fake news deal. It'd probably be like a lot of whiny students. It'd probably be like <laughs> it'd probably be like insufferable, but like <laughs> and, and, and like that might that's what might make, make me turn towards the alt right just to be, like, just to play devil's advocate. But like I don't know. It's just it was such a different like landscape. I was there two two thousand. 2008, and that doesn't seem like that long ago, but like yeah. I guess in a sense it is a long time ago. Like, well, that's it. I mean, uh, I'm like I was in university 1980 to 1995, yep. so that was like a, <laughs> that was an interesting time. Yeah. Um, but despite, it was, despite the 15 years of university, you were still graduated like 13 years before Walter. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's just a. a we went through like a really different, all sorts of different phases, and and because I was in university for such a long time, um, an incredibly long time, um, <laughs> you saw like attitudes changing, and like right. it, at the in 1980, it was still almost hippie culture. Yeah, and by the time 1995 rolled around, it just seemed like everybody's aiming for an MBA. Um, you know, it's <laughs> just it was a really different culture. Who were some of the who were some of like the some of the professors that stood out from like. Maybe like the, the 80s and stuff. Were there any like notable people that were like that were teaching there? Or? 
You know what? If I'd actually been going to class, I'd be able to tell you. But uh, that's, there's a reason that it took me 15 years to get out of there. Um, okay. So but, uh, you know, I there were, like, you know, no famous names there. Right. There was, like, you know. So there was no, like, tutelage from, like, Oftemeyer or, like. Or no, like, no, no. We'd uh, almost, I wrote, wrote an article that they almost sued me for because I talked about uh, him going into bars like Grumpy's, I do believe. Um, bars, b- b- actual, actual Grumpy's, grumpies <laughs> definitely. With, uh, with like his daughter who is with Melissa, sure. yep. who was like 15 at the time. Yep. So we like would write these stories in our newsletter, and it's like then the, some professor get a hold of it. Holy fuck, this is like it's going to get us sued. We're like, <laughs> uh, she's 15, you can't accuse him of taking a 15-year-old into a bar. I feel, I I feel go, that if you man. go back and listen to the, the, the Bugs Burnett episode, he yeah. talks about Mel- Nick bringing Melissa here. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm sure. To what I'm end, though? Like, they were just, like, hanging out? It was just, like, father-daughter yeah, time? Yeah, it's just, like, yeah, just father-daughter time. It's just this is where father spent his time. So <laughs> daughter came along. <laughs> I feel I feel that we're only about 14, 15 years away from you bringing Jacob here. Oh, yeah. I would bring, like, he's I, not drinking. I'd bring Jacob in a heart. I just, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I just had a kid. We just oh, had a, cool. Me and the wife had a kid a couple months ago. So wow. that's, that's happening. And you have one or two? I have one. You have Sandra. one. And I, yeah, I've seen like he posts about he's like in, in high school now. Or? Yeah, he's in grade nine. Yeah, so how, how's that? Uh, it's good. He's uh, he's like five foot ten. I told him as soon as he's taller than I am, he has to pay for everything. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's pretty good. He's he's a great kid. Like, and I'm really proud of him. And he's he's like we were talking about pop punk. Uh, yeah. Like, because I've never he's always listened to the ripcords, but he's always listened to other stuff. And right. you know, when he was in grade school, like he'd be. Oh, his friends were all listening to like Lady Gaga and stuff, so he did like download Lady Gaga and stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden, like in the last year, he's like, he's like, hey, can you? Uh, and so uh, like I'm playing him stuff, and he's like heavily into Green Day and The Offspring, and he's right. uh, playing. Uh, you know, he's they're, they're like their gateway band. Well, I was about to say that's the exact <laughs> word I would use. Yeah, they're they're like this is the, the they're good steps in the right direction. I'm trying to get him into Rancid, but he's not quite there yet. Not so. quite, not quite at Rancid. Rancid is yeah. the next step. Yeah. Is he any tattoos yet? Sorry, what? Any tattoos yet? Uh, no, no. I, he's <laughs> absolutely no interest. And I've told him since <laughs> since he was like, it's like everybody keeps say, "All right, you're doing a good job." Yeah, I, no, it's just, I just can't convince him to get a tattoo. <laughs> and I, no matter how hard I try, he won't drink soda pop because he says it's bad for him. And <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. Well, there's there's that um, there's an interview with uh, with Sean Lennon. Uh, talk about growing up with like Yoko Ono as as his mom, and he was just sort of like, yeah, he's like rebellion just became a non-issue as soon as you're like yeah. old enough to read. You read what my mom and my dad did, and they're like, okay, they were just like lying naked in a hotel, in a, yeah, hotel. doing whatever. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna shave my head, and Yoko Ono's like, I'll shave my head too. And you're like, I'm gonna get a tattoo. Let's get one together. And you're like, okay, well, done. Yeah. I guess like they're like it's impossible to rebel well, when your mom was Yoko Ono. Like. Yeah, I got the perfect thing for tattoos too. Is I just uh, I've told him like. Just in case he ever wants one, the moment he wants a tattoo, it's like, okay, you give me the design and you can have that too. You can get it in two years from the day that you want it. Yeah. Because if you still want that tattoo in two years, then you should probably get it. Yeah. Because nobody ever wants the same tattoo two years later. That's a good point. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like not, I'm like sort of like, you know, semi scared of needles. So. <laughs> well, that, I mean, well, I, I'm terrified of needles. <laughs> yeah. I hate needles. My favorite, my favorite tattoo story, which is. You have, just, oh, you do. You have, like, you have dumb tattoos, though. I have a lot of dumb tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> really dumb tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I know. I, I know. A, I know a girl who has a My Little Pony back tattoo, like nice. full back. I'd say his my is dumber. Little. Oh, yeah? It's not it's by yeah. my favorite artist. No, no, no. I oh, the invisible the knuckle, knuckle tattoos. I have invisible knuckle tattoos. Yeah, those are those are straight up dumb. 
<laughs> that's Ow. the dumbest thing. That's the knuckle dumbest tattoos thing. suck though. Like, I got all the, the pain of having knuckle tattoos and then nothing to show for it because it's only under a black light. Tell tell them what uh, they are though. Tell them. Go, go on. Tell tell Paul what go, they go are. Go on. Tell tell, tell Paul. <laughs> there uh, it says love and hate, but in runes. Oh man, because they're like they're Harry Potter prison tattoos. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Is that not dumber than, the, than the My Little it's, Pony back then? It's that's, uh, super dumb. <laughs> well, that, but uh, that was, though at that point in time, it becomes really intelligent that they can only be seen under blacklight. Yeah, I no, guess but, so, but yeah. the worst, the worst, <laughs> the absolute worst part about it is that uh, the, when I when I had the idea for them, it was when. Uh, Gary Oldman was in the Prisoner of Azkaban, and he had them oh. like straight up tattooed. And I saw them, and I was like, "That's hilarious." <laughs> and then, like, it stuck with me until one of my friends' girlfriends. So you were an adult. That you only you got this like two, three years ago, or yeah, something. exactly. Like, like a I, fucking it, adult. It like, stuck with me for like ten like. years until one of my friends' his, his girlfriend was like became a tattoo artist, and I was like, "Yo, I've had this dumb idea kicking around for like ten years <laughs> that I just think is really funny." Did you pay for it. No? No. Oh, okay, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's fine. Then it's fine. I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, wor- no, it's worth every penny. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. Well, I paid for her, her needles. Like, I paid for her cost. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that. I mean, I wasn't, like, I wasn't costing her money on it, but I didn't pay for anything else. Do you have a favorite artist? Do you have a go-to artist? I have the same guy who does every one of my tattoos. Really? Yeah, yeah. it's this great guy on, uh, uh, he's Keith. He's at Tattooish Artistic on Ontario. Cool. Uh, his name is Keith? Yeah, and it's we- really old school. Like, they, as far as I know, they don't have a website. Uh, that, that old school. Yeah. <laughs> he's like this kind of, he's an old firefighter and he looks kind of like a biker. He's just like this really sort of big the kind guy of guy you want tattoos tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. He like <laughs> Who could hold tells you, down. you all these <laughs> jokes that you can never repeat to anybody else because yeah. they're either racist or sexist. Yeah. Or, bro, yeah. And he's well, like, if you ever get a tattoo, you're going to this I'm guy. I'm going to yeah. this guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, most tattoo parlors, it's like, well, for one thing, you have to get appointments and it's like five years later that you can get the actual tattoo. This place, you just walk in that day, and then you have, if there's a lineup, there's a lineup. If there's not, you just get the tattoo. Cool. So we, it's like, we ever it's had a really cool. Guy? Huh? I was, uh, have we ever had a tattoo artist on the show? We had a piercer on. We had on. a piercer on. I almost passed out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a, <laughs> what's really funny is this guy is like, I'm sitting there getting a tattoo one day, and uh, you know, and there's like basically three tattoo chairs. And this, so this guy comes in, sits in the one next to me. And it's like this really big guy, like muscly, kind of like walking side to side. And he's like some MMA fighter from the South Shore or something. Crazy. And like, uh, so he's like sits down. He's got like two girls and like terribly short, well, not terribly, nicely short skirts. And, you know, um, and it's just like, it's like, oh my God, this is like a 1970s stereotype yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. And uh, anyway, guy sits down. He wants to tattoo. And he's like, oh yeah, but I have to wait for... Turns out he's like part of the uh, Hell's Angels. Uh Okay, and it's uh, um, and he has to get one of the higher ups in the Hell's Angels to approve his tattoo. But if you're in the Hell's (laughs) Angels, you're not allowed to get the tattoo unless it's being approved. Wow! So he like he's sitting there in a chair, and it's like like I said, there's only three chairs in the place. There's a lineup, and so you know I'm getting my tattoo, and and my and Keith's just going. Oh, fucking Hell's Angels. I hate those fucking assholes. Guy's sitting right there. <laughs> he's a Hell's Angel. And, and he's just, and he's just like going off about the fucking Hell's Angels. And I was just like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. The guy's just gonna get up. He's like, and he could like crush us like with one hand anyway. And, and finally, like, any of the guy's like quite pleasant, doesn't care. And, and finally, like, the, 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 the sort of the boss of the uh, regional boss, of the Hell's Angels, like walks in. The regional manager. Yeah, regional. <laughs> well, see, it is it's looks, set up as a business. It looks he looks exactly like 
Richard Branson. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like the nice goatee and the gray, graying hair and the suit and everything. And he's like, he wanders in and he's just like, yeah, proves the tattoo, wanders out. Girls right. giggle. Have you filled out Guy your, have tattoo. you filled out your, 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 your tattoo forms? Have you filed them? Have you had them submitted? We ran them up the paperwork, yeah, you know, know Hells yeah. Angels. Yeah. Like we did the review. The regional manager came down, approved the tattoo. You can now yeah. get your tattoo. I got to visit the Virgin hen, Records the hen, uh, radio station. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. It's all it's all very formal, you know. Oh no, you filled out the C two form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the C three form for topless yeah. biker chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to hit five questions? Yeah, let's go into five questions. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna jump into five questions. Five now. questions. Yeah, yeah, we have a. Okay. It's, 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 it's the only reoccurring segment of the show. Twelve, yep. uh, twelve plaid, um, 12. short, uh, <laughs> wood. Do you, and, remember, do you remember any uh, of them? Uh, so we did the one fiftieth. So we re- and so okay. So here's this, the this is why this is why this is episode one of season four. And Guinness. Oh, three sorry. questions. There's okay. three questions that are that are the same episode to episode. Okay. That that rotate. That they're like every once in a while per season. Yeah, we 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 every once a year. And then the fourth question is so you sit on the questions and rotate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's right. <laughs> sure. So and then the fourth question is our qu- a question from the last guest to okay. you. Oh, okay. Not knowing who the next guest would be, and then the fifth question is going to be your question to the next guest, yes. probably not knowing who it's going to be. Okay. So you have to have to keep that in the back of your mind. With, with, you're, with, you're I hope there's not a quiz na- no, right now the, because the, I won't the, remember what you just said. Right now. Okay, and, uh, and that being said, though, we have three brand new questions. Uh-oh. Do you remember question one? Oh, uh, nope. virgin. I'm the virgin question que- guy. Question one. I said I didn't get a lot fucked up on the last episode, mm-hmm. but I didn't get not fucked question, up. Question so. number one, you <laughs> might remember this, Walter, is aliens, robots, or fire? Oh, yeah. That's still a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> no context. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely with the aliens. Devin with the aliens. I'm I'm with the aliens because like the aliens to me is like well you see I'm an alien because I'm from England. There you uh, go. But sure. you know on the other but hand you're a legal alien. Yeah. You're an Englishman. I, there's from. a long story that goes with that I was illegal up until six months ago. Oh, uh, oh wow. Yeah. I You're a Canadian getting, dreamer. I was getting and charged. And you were like at university and everything? That's well, amazing. See, that's, and how I discovered I was illegal is because the university was trying to charge me $14,000 for one course. <laughs> anyway, $14,000? You know, and I was supposed to like get it even for free because I'm a professor, full-time prof. Isn't there so, like a Commonwealth deal there too? Yeah, well, like, see, that's no Commonwealth. Deal. So, yeah, so alien because I was one until up. Until good, answer. Good, answer. Good, answer. good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Plus, somehow I just see... Blue alien or green alien Star Trek girls in short skirts. Short okay. skirts comes up a lot. That's yeah, good. it's like yeah. the second or third time I think. Question number third two. Time. I blame you. What's your earliest memory? My earliest memory. Um, I was awake at five a.m. once. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, one time I didn't go to sleep. Uh, I think uh, earliest memories are always going to be embarrassing. Oh, I know, but no, my earliest memory was when I was. I was somehow pissed off at my parents when I was 10 years old. Okay. See, 10 is like... You can't remember anything before 10? It's 1972, buddy. Sure. Come uh, on. Right. It was the 60s. How, how am I supposed to remember anything in the 60s? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going back to 72 here, like 30 years before you were born. Yeah, I was like, the fact uh, that that memory is going back to 1972, man, that's... Uh, uh, and I, was, I remember walking down the middle of my street, small street, not a lot of traffic, which is good. I was pissed off at my parents. I just remember just thinking... When I grow up, I have to remember that when I'm 10 years old, I'm smart, I know what I'm doing, 
and I don't want to be treated like a kid anymore. And when I grow up, I'm not going to treat kids like they're dirt or they don't know what they're doing. I'm going to treat them like adults. And it's I a real have. self-aware 10-year-old. Yeah, I was you like, like I was I'm going to treat children the way I want to be treated. And, and like I did. Which, which is why raising my, your my fist in Mo so West good. somewhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's a great history of like psychopaths coming out of MoS. Not to suggest that you're a psychopath, but there's like a really good, we interesting bro. group of people that I've known that have come from MoS. Yeah, I, I don't. You say don't, psychopaths with endearance. Don't dismiss me from the category. This you interesting. Were, you, you were really excited for question number three. I was. Yeah. What is it? There we go. Question oh, number th- was that really? I yeah. don't remember any of these. John, John suggested it, and you were like, yeah. I, I kept claiming. I was like, man, that 150th episode was really great. I didn't. I, I stayed mostly sober through it. And, and like, he showed me the questions. I'm like, I don't remember any of these. Do you want to ask a question, Mulder? Because I've asked the last yeah. two. Yeah, so sure. question number three. I hate one. to see him when he's mostly not sober. Go back and listen to the past. Come episode. back for a few episodes. Oh wait a second! I remember you in class. It's fine. Uh, no, no, no. I, usually, I, I think I usually showed up to class okay. Yeah. Afterwards, yeah. it was Friday afternoons. You're lucky. Friday afternoons. Yeah. Uh, lost it's gone. It. It's gone. No, I don't remember what it is. Tell us about a time that you fucked up. There you go. That I fucked up. That you fucked up. If you want an example, this is a great question. I, I really like this question. got married when I was twenty. He got married when he was twenty <laughs> and divorced when you were twenty-one. Twenty-one. There, <laughs> there you go. So that's yeah, a fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I uh, spent a long time working for people you shouldn't have worked for. Yeah, that will leave. That's that's a. I was going to go more specific than that, but yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to narrow it down. Um, man, what was the first thing that like popped into your mind if you were like? Oh. Well, the first thing that popped into my mind was when I guess I was at CTV, so like one of my first mainstream media jobs sure. so I was actually getting paid and I actually got invited to go to CBC uh, Christmas party yep. and so I was like kind of hanging out and there was uh, so I was meeting all the anchors I was like hey this is I'm really in and then at some point in time I just uh, uh, there's this woman Charmin Yarnell who was like, I know Charmin yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway we were all drinking and I just looked at Charmin and I went should you be drinking in your condition <laughs> <laughs> I did the classic <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, That's perfect. Hey, I'm That's Paul. the great. That's, really That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> and That's the, and this, is like, this is like a while ago. This yeah. is like. <laughs> oh, this is a while ago. This is like 1996 or something. Oh my god. So, wow. I, so I was like, so, so, so she's, she goes, what condition? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh-oh. Somehow I managed to turn it into me taking her out to, uh, a bondage uh, clothing store <laughs> and getting her a rubber dress. So you know, that happened. Uh, it never actually happened, oh. but I but I suggested it, and I think I got out of it. But I guess I was so drunk it didn't matter. But, oh man, that's so funny. And like Nona Sharma, she's all, like she's so like prim and proper and shit. Like yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> that's hilarious. but I got perfect. But, but then I got like another Christmas party where <laughs> I I, was, uh, I guess this is like oh probably the same year. What's a really great year for Christmas parties? So uh, I'm sitting at like. Uh, I was doing this show called Buzz On, which is all the kids that uh, uh, we basically did, had, like, hosts of a news magazine show who were, like, 12 or 13 okay. years old. And, like, we were – so we were field producers. I was, so, basically, we would set up all the stories and get them, but they would be the actual hosts. But we'd pretty much guide them all, through, all the way through it. And so, like, we're we're at the CFCF Christmas party. And Was Bill like, Hoagland there? Yep. Bill and Matsumi and the whole gang. You had me at Bill Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> and and we uh, we would CFCF. 
CFCF twelve. I know, I know, I know, I know, but I'm like, yeah. that's a flashback. I yeah. mean, like, because now there is. I still, C- I still want, I still want to call it CFCF sometimes. Yeah, me man. too. Well, what's so, the, so no, the, 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 I want to do the rest of this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Just I thought of CFCF because uh, what do you call it? Andrea's little brother, his musician name is CFCF. Really? Well, yeah. that's why. Yeah, because yeah. out of Montreal. Like, I'm not having Carry on. So Christmas party. So we're we're sitting there at the table, and it's like all the all the kids. And me and a couple of the other producers, and uh, and so like we're all talking, and it, it's like one of these things where you only get like two drinks per person. Oh, that's fine, yeah. But it's like we were at the kids, so they weren't allowed to drink, so we got their tickets. So like, why do they even get tickets? Yeah, well, why do they have tickets? Get, well, I, <laughs> hey, I wasn't questioning, but I got the tickets. So he still he took the tickets. <laughs> <and> so like. <laughs> Basically, just got You're all too these young drinks. for these and just taking them away. So, uh, so like, I get a glass of wine and a Caesar and a something <laughs> or other. So I'm, like, drinking. And at some point in time, I just – I I kind of pretty much gave up and just, like, poured everything into large, large glasses. <laughs> like a jungle so juice. It's jungle yeah. juice, yeah. except not as good. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm, so I'm drinking this brown sludge <laughs> with, like, bits of lemon and Why? stuff in it. Because there was alcohol in it. Um, <laughs> that that, alcohol that, that qualifies also as yeah. a fuck-up, I feel. So I'm drinking this, and then there's one chair left over. And, like, I'm just, like, drinking away, and everybody's talking. And it's the and then the executive director or station manager sat down next to me. Who was this, at this point who? Do you want to name names? Suzanne Gouin. Okay. Anyway, she was, like, so she was head of the station. She, like, sits down at the table next to me, and I'm like... You know, I drunk like I don't know how much yeah. jungle juice <laughs> yeah. at that point, and we're like, so she just starts talking, and we're all kind of like, looking at each other, do we have to talk to her? I guess we have to talk to her. And she's like, so she's like, so Paul, what what do you think of uh, you know the, of you know doing the show with all the kids? And I, go, I think it's great. Like I get to meet the cops, and instead of getting arrested by them, I get to talk to them. Just charming, like, just turning the charm yeah, up to a level. Yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, then she looked at me and she left. So <laughs> I, I really like. I really felt that you were just sort of like they're like. So, Paul, what are you drinking? You're like, why don't you try? <laughs> <it?"> <laughs> try it. <laughs> you know, and just just. Yeah, no, I wouldn't offer that to uh, Suzanne. Uh, I don't feel like I feel like that's, uh, there's no good Christmas parties anymore. I feel like they, they don't have no, good they, Christmas parties like you, that anymore. You, you threw a Christmas party. Well, no, but I mean like corporate parties like that, like like, yeah, like office parties, those, like uh, those crazy corporate. They don't have good Christmas parties anymore because everybody has a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's pictures. There's yeah, exactly. All all the, all of the all the all the office party hijinks could get documented and show up on Monday. Global had great Christmas parties. Everybody oh, yeah? was always toasted. We need to get involved. Blowski. Uh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> we need to get in, we need to get invited to the the local broadcast Christmas parties. Well, oh yeah, I would love it. Yeah, that's what we need. To, that's what we, our 2018 goal is to get to the point where we're invited to. Like CBC Montreal's office Christmas. That's party. like when I, when I worked at the Link at Concordia. Like, all you, you just uh, you'd get all the listings at the beginning of the semester for all the wine and cheese parties. So you go to a oh, wine and yeah. cheese party, Those are and great, like it yeah. was half the people were, they were from the Link because yeah, yeah it's, it's great. Yeah, happening. yeah, you go to all of them. <laughs> uh, um, well, so our last headline guest was oh, yeah. Mike Patterson. Was Mike Patterson, local uh, uh, funny person, uh, Mike Patterson. Mike Patterson. He's Kinda big, no big in the French and English scene. Does a lot also of a CBC TV alumni. commercial work. He's a Edible Incredible, yeah. yeah Mr. Gross on Edible Incredible. <laughs> From the kids show. Yeah. So uh, do you remember his question? Uh, he sent it to me today, so I should. Yeah. Was oh, it, it's uh, it was a Star And then he explained to me later it was a Star Trek reference. Oh. Do you watch oh. Star Trek at all, Paul? Uh, old school Star Trek, yeah. So. so Mike asks, what do you value more, courage or beauty? Hmm. 
I think I like the courage to be beautiful. But um, what do I admire more? What do I like more? I value. Like what value. do you value more? Yeah. Uh, beauty. Courage is fleeting. Oh. The beauty is it? Well, you swerved us, You're like four for four. This is a very good question. <laughs> the guests don't usually do this well. They're usually ill-prepared, and they don't have anecdotes. Usually they get a score of and they're seven. Confused you're and rocking a score of at least 12. You're doing very well. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm just kind of thinking beauty. It's like, like we got a song called Girls in the Pit, because yeah. there's girls in the pit, and I, I've always said, like, there's, there's – Nothing better than a girl in the pit because it's nothing better than a hot, sweaty, really sweaty punk girl. You smell the bo. Who could beat the crap yeah, out, beat of, the you shit out of you? Yeah. If, you, if you treat her wrong. Oh yeah, like, they got those fucking shoes beautiful. and stuff. Yeah, Just well, I mean, I, exactly. I was totally like in high school, uh, like picking up the old Tank Girl comics, and it's like a hundred, hundred percent that you're like, yeah, you're like, yeah. I would be terrified of her, but <laughs> I'd like a fear boner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But would be so into it. Exactly. I'd be like, maybe shoot me if that was like. Hey, I went out with a dominatrix for a couple of years. Best couple of years ever. <laughs> so now. I, well, that's another episode. I mean, we're going to yeah, save that yeah. one for another yeah, episode. Save, save it for episode. the return appearance. So now, uh, asking you to, to jump, put on your, 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 your interview. Yeah, you've skills. been killing it at the questions. Now's what, your, your turn. What question, I'm, would, I'm what actually, question would you like to ask to I'm, our future guests? I'm going back into the past. Okay. Say one of the many things I used to do is I published, uh, um, I, don't know what, I guess it's tabloid. Uh, it was a fanzine on steroids. Okay. Called Rearguard. So it was usually 36 pages, monthly, tiny print so we could fit everything in. Yeah. Yep. Staff of 150. Um, <laughs> and we, at the end of every interview, at least for the first couple of years, we would ask a band, if you could be any vegetable, which one would you be and why? If you could be any vegetable... <laughs> Which one would you be and why? Which one would you be? It's good. It's good. It's good. You get the best at And, you know, we we would interview, I mean, like, local bands, but we interviewed Metallica and we asked them that question. I mean, I, I, <laughs> like, I have, I have, like, Ramones. I have the dirtiest, like, the first thing that popped into my mind is, like, the dirtiest answer. Like, like a cucumber? Like? Cucumber because I'm most likely to get shoved in a pussy. <laughs> there it is. Like, wow. of all of the vegetables, wow, Keith. most likely. Strangely enough, for all the rock and roll and punk bands that we interviewed, nobody ever went with that one. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. But that was but like... They all, they all had to come up with... They all... They've got <laughs> some, like, pretty brilliant answers. Hey, Walter, what would you... What would you... That was my first Also instinct, cucumber. But for the same reason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be real here. Like, uh, yeah, because I'm just like, most likely. I mean, like, nah, most vegetables no, don't have much of a... Cucumber, cucumbers suck, though, unless they're pickled. Uh, I'm no, sorry. Well, I don't feel like I... Cucumbers like, don't suck yeah, unless they're pickled. I I, like, they're part uh, of... Yeah, the, see, well, you, you guys are both English guys. You guys are both... You guys, like, love your fucking cucumbers. Yeah, man. because yeah. they're... But, like, also, they're part of the Greek salad, which is, like, one of the best salads. Greek salad. That's not just the shittiest part of a Greek salad, though. Yeah, but you need to... You're cutting the onions and the tomato with... You need, like, a... You need a, a neutral cucumber and covered in feta. Yeah, some people went with onions, make them cry. Yeah, exactly. You know, the there's, meanest. There's other, uh, you know, there's, I'm trying to think if I have ones. like an alternate answer. No, I'm going. Uh, and, I, and I must admit, it's a. Uh, I'm kind of using that one. It was really good when it was a print interview because it gave the people like a couple of minutes to come up with it. Yeah, yeah. on the spot. It's on the spot. This is an on the spot. Yeah, it's still a good question. I like. Yeah, uh, absolutely, it's a good question. You can't come. You can't. Hey, lock uh, down. You, we got time for an anecdote. Sure. A gourd, maybe. Yeah, as a gourd. Just, 
It is with an anecdote. I mean, it's pumpkins aren't gr- pumpkins aren't <laughs> bad either, right? Because pumpkins, yeah, you could fuck pumpkins. I mean, you could, but I mean, they're also like they're how like the staple of Halloween. You could be scary face. You yeah. could do all that stuff. Like pumpkin, Matt. pumpkin, <laughs> orange. Um, <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump. Um, Speaking of segue, here we go. The uh, just because the the magazine that I put out, Rearguard. And we did have a staff of like 150 volunteers, and, and they, nobody had to ever. I thought you were for joking it. before. There's 150 people working. No, it's 150 people. We do like every issue. There'd be like 15 band interviews, probably like 50 record reviews, okay, uh, 25 uh, concert reviews, photographers, all sorts of crap. Um, anyway, so um, all sent in on the mojo anybody, wire. Anybody would be able to to do, and, and we would interview like local bands, and we would interview. Like I say, the Ramones, sure, Metallica, yeah. Midnight Oil, whoever, any punk band, Fugazi, that was coming through, um, and whoever was like the better, whoever got the better photograph from our phot- photographers would end up on the front cover. So sometimes Metallica would be in the middle of the magazine while the Asexuals would be on the cover, <laughs> or some band that you never heard of was on the cover. But also, you didn't have to have any experience to write. So some at some point in time, some kid like phones up. We weren't going to do Metallica because nobody we knew liked them. Right. Um, <laughs> so, But then some kid phones up and says, can I do Metallica? And they were like playing Metropolis or something at the time. Uh, must have been like 86 or 87. Um, and I was like, sure. And so like, this guy comes and like we send him off to the show. And like somebody calls us from the venue and goes, it's an 18 year old. This kid's like 15. You can't, we can't <laughs> let him in. Let's let him in, let him in. So like, <coughs> kid gets let in, does the interview with Metallica. How do you manage that? We, like, we, we gave him credentials? Yeah, well, yeah, we had, at that point in time, we had, we were distributing 20,000 copies. No in, shit. From like Nova Scotia to Western Ontario. Cool, so, cool, super cool. Um, so people knew us. All right. So, so it's like, oh, you're from Rear Garden. I think they were used to us sending like, <laughs> completely different people who didn't know what they were doing every time. And, right. Um, it's my job to edit that down to make we, it Well, We want to have, as a guest, that kid. Yeah, we got to have a kid. <laughs> I know. I wish I could find him. But, but so he, he goes down, gets the interview, um, does, a, does a good interview, and then I like it's like you know a week later, and we're like putting the magazine together and like trying to phone him this you know, pre-internet. So it's like, okay, we need you need to start bringing stuff. Uh, I can't get a hold of him, can't get a hold of him. We're phoning, we're phoning. And finally, we phone and like he answers. Oh, look, I'm sorry, I, I can't get it to you. Like, uh, like, I had to sneak out. My mom didn't know I was going out, and like, so he like snuck out from his house, like through, like climbed out the back window to, to go to the <laughs> venue, and then somehow somebody had told his mom that he was. Like, I'm grounded. So he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's like, I'm grounded. I can't leave that. Anyway, we keep on talking, and finally, like, okay, he says, look, I'll figure out. I'll meet you at Cabot Square, the park on Atwater. And like at this time, and you know, I'll get you. And so like, I sort of go into the park, and I'm like, and this kid like just runs up, like he lived close by, and ran up. Here's your interview. Runs out. And yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he what he did is he handed me this huge wad of toilet paper, because what he'd done is he he recorded oh, the interview, wow. but he can't even show his mom that he was doing it. So he'd actually written it out on the toilet paper as he's sitting on the oh, toilet. Wow. He wrote out the entire uh, question and answer on the toilet paper. So it's like in reverse order too because it was, he was like rolling the, the, the thing down as he was writing it. And he just hands me this wad of toilet paper and I go, that's our Metallica interview. That's amazing. How, uh, like, that's, how that's, any of this was possible without the internet? I don't know. I, I don't even understand. I know, eh? like, so to, ra- to to wrap it up, you guys, are, you you mentioned uh, before we started recording that you guys are, are hitting the road. Oh well, yeah, you're playing you're playing a show locally. The Ripcords are playing a show locally. Yeah, 
soon. At in a, April. In April. April, you said? Yeah, at a completely illegal venue in uh, in Santari. Okay. You have there, to go to our website. Yes, I was going to say, I was Facebook like, page. without announcing it officially, just, I guess. Our Facebook page. Pay attention to the ripcords on Facebook and maybe figure that out. It's already up there. It's, I think it's April 21st or something. And okay. if you want to know how to get there, because it's not on the poster, yep. uh, drop us an email and drop us a personal message. Exactly. Uh, we'll and, then, and then you or, said you're heading. As it says on the poster, ask a punk. Ask a punk. Ask yeah. a punk. Uh, and then you're going on tour. Then yeah, we're on going tour. on tour out to the West Coast. We're, we're turning into rock stars. Somebody phoned us up. We're, they're flying us out to Alberta. And oh, wow. We're playing like 10 shows in and, uh, and Alberta and BC. First time in 10 years. And it's going to wow. be going to be wild. We, you know, we've been having a hard time sort of getting out west. We, we had like uh, six days off, uh, not last summer, summer before. So we drove to Regina and back, played six shows in six days, and drove 6,000 kilometers. Like, woohoo! Yeah. That's and punk rock. Get it. And, and, and what the hell was I going to say? Alberta, uh, BC. Hello, Alberta, BC. Yes. Alberta. Uh, oh, well, you see, see, the last album was released on vinyl. What is, what was, yep. what's the name of the last album? It was called The Vinyl Countdown. The Vinyl Countdown. Ah. And it's got, it's a double album. Yeah. See, okay, everything's an anecdote, but when I was, uh, when I was collecting albums, well, I guess I still am, I loved it when you open an album and there was stuff inside. Yeah. yeah. So, we put out a Stickers dub- and double vinyl and album. It's got a, 24-page color booklet inside. It's got uh, a bonus 10-song Christmas CD. It's got a giant sticker. Uh, It's got digital download, and it's got a poster from the 1980s or 1990s. And is that available anywhere? Can Uh, people buy this? I have no idea. Uh, You can contact us. We sell it at our shows. You still have some? We sell it for 25 bucks. That's only all that for only twenty five bucks. For 20, all and that it's, and only it's a double album. That's reasonable. Double. That's 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 Gatefold a call cover. now. Call now. Call now. <laughs> Operators are uh, probably one eight hundred ripcord. Fall asleep. <laughs> we're gonna, we, <laughs> Operators. How much are, like, you expect to pay for an album like that, Walter? Seventy, eighty dollars. No. If, if, if HMV 20. was still open, that would be like sixty, seventy bucks. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> it. most single albums you buy are like twenty five bucks. So I'm like, yeah. okay, we're gonna do something. We and you know what we did is it's. Uh, it's not economics, it's punkonomics. What we do is we we go out and we play a bunch of shows and we like get enough money. So we recorded some new songs for the for it. So that was it. Then we play a bunch more shows and we got enough money to put it to put out the CD. And then we got enough money to sort of put the booklet together and kept on doing that until finally we had the album paid off. So we kind of paid it off before. Uh, so it's pure profit at this point in time. There you go. Despite the fact that it all costs way more than twenty five dollars to make these things. Yeah. <laughs> Pure problem. Well, do you have anything else you want to? You, do you have anything to throw out? Uh, well, stuff tomorrow, but the episode's coming out next week, yeah, so that's coming out like two weeks. I got the wrestling comedy show on March thirty first. Yeah. Mike Patterson in Laval. I'll come back to you with dates. You'll come back to you and post. Sweet. Various things. Look, look at my Facebook. Look at Chris Vendito's Facebook. Yeah. Keep an eye. Uh, I keep, your keep an eye time. out for the FFP. Yep. More to more to come. More to come. More to come. Cool. Hey, I'm going to promo our Facebook page. Oh, People please do. Go to the, the, the rip. Uh, it's just ripcords. R I P C O R D Z. Because we try and do a lot of stupid things on there and make stupid comments. It's you know we try and be entertaining. Cool. Awesome. We get it, we're gonna we're gonna do a second part of this for sure at some point. Oh yeah. yeah cool. And yeah, if yeah. You have, there's like another show coming. Oh, up. I got a great anecdote about uh, church I, parking lot. Huh? Me I was going to say, we'll, 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 we'll hit you guys up in the in the, in the fall so you could tell us about the no, West Coast show. No, it's going to be before that. No, we want, it, we want them to go on the West Coast show. We I want to get, do, 
You want to get his road stories. That's but. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, road's in May, so, like, uh, we're, we're out there. But you got there's Fatal Fest. We've got to mention Fatal Fest at the end of August. So, like, you guys. Um, yeah, if, we'll work it out. If you're, if you're looking for somebody for August, uh, you know, I, well, I'm generally just hanging out not doing anything. So. <laughs> Well, you were talking about like, oh, we're two full-time <laughs> jobs, I'm in a band, and, uh, yeah, I'm in school, yeah, just generally nothing. Yeah. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you hey, so well, much, Paul. Thanks, thanks for inviting me down. It's this been a lot of fun. This is an amazing 151st episode. Boom. I'm excited. Sesquicentennial. Yeah. That was the word. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks, too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the sh- thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.